Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and in this episode, we are going to be answering that question, why is it so hard to slow down? Could it be stored trauma? This conversation is part two with Dr. Amit, and in part one, we talked about a biology piece of addressing stored trauma, the liver, and uh, other organs in our body. So don't miss that one. This week, we are discussing somatic work. And slowing down and connecting with our bodies is essential, and yet for some reason that we will explore in this interview, why it is so very hard. Now, this podcast has four parts. One, how everyone has stored trauma and what that means. Section two, how stored trauma requires us to slow down and why that is. In section three, he's actually going to guide us through a somatic exercise. You can experience it and see what it's like. I will just mention here that somatic work is one of the three essential pillars that I teach all of my biology of trauma professionals, that this is an essential piece for anyone's healing journey. Section four, ideas of how to incorporate slowing down into your daily life. And we're going to actually bring in some parts work here, which is actually another essential pillar. There's three essential pillars. So those are two essential pillars that we will be talking about in this episode. And then the last section, section five, why professionals, even trauma professionals, why we can find it so hard to slow down and looking at identity shift. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Meat, and we will start with how everyone has stored trauma and what that means for the pace of life that we live. Everyone is carrying some form of trauma, whether it's their own or ancestral trauma. And trauma doesn't have to be like something very harsh, like sexual abuse or violence or seeing your parents fighting. It could be your mom going away for a month or two and you're left with your grandparents. And your bond with your mom is usually very strong. Yeah, that's the giver of life. And when she's absent, yeah, when no you're very young, what, like just having that experience in the uterus and that nine months of pregnancy <clears throat> with your mom, yeah. like that forms a bond with your mom, even if you were say, even adopted at birth, it's yeah. still the birth mom that you, you have that type of connection and bond with. Very strongly, very strongly. And so some parents don't realize by leaving their kid abandoned, or even I've had people who were in an incubator for too long and there was no sense of bonding with, with the mom. And so they become aversion, averse to touch or being held for too long because of that fear of abandonment again, right? So they're quite like, I don't like to be touched. And when you hold on to these people for long enough, suddenly they soften. Yeah. And then they break down and they let the love in. Yeah. So I would say a lot of people are carrying trauma, whether it's violent trauma or abandonment trauma. Yeah. And blocking out love, blocking out feeling another person's really compassion for them, right? Because they have to, they've had to survive on their own and make it through life on their own, in their own minds. And what we understand from attachment theory now and how it's moved into understanding 
the regulation of the nervous system that's behind attachment is that a parent's and especially a mom's nervous system is what she will be sharing with her young child. And so the foundations of their nervous system and how they experience the world, whether as being generally safe or generally not safe and need to be guarded, happens mm-hmm. by 12 months of life. And so even that just establishes the foundation for their life. Add on top of that some of this ancestral trauma that you've brought in already to the conversation. And mm-hmm. we go into adulthood, we go into you know these experiences in life with a lot of potential baggage that weighs us down that really is an energy cost to our system and a mm-hmm. huge to our adrenal glands <laughs> right but they it's, it's a setup you know for for burnout for a lot of people without even realizing all the stuff that's underneath the surface that's going on and stored in their nervous system so many of us don't even realize all that is underneath the surface all that is going on and stored in our nervous system. Everyone has some form of stored trauma. And what we are going to see is that in order to address and release this stored trauma, oh, we're going to need to slow down. We can't release stored trauma unless we slow down enough to connect with our bodies. What we cannot feel, we cannot heal. And when we go so fast, that is one way that we keep ourselves from having to feel what's inside of our bodies. So the first step required to release stored trauma is to create a felt sense of safety in our bodies. We can't do this unless we slow down enough to understand where we are at and give our bodies what it needs to feel safe. Jennifer, I want to tell you about Jennifer who took my 21 day journey and she found that she was living her life in her head thinking about everything, analyzing everything, she was in her thoughts. To slow down, connect with her body, and feel what her body was feeling was a completely new experience for her. Let me read a quote to you from her. I have been an emotional eater for a very long time. I just stuffed down all the emotions with food. I wouldn't, I couldn't allow myself to feel. After learning how to slow down and connect with her body through somatic work that we do in the 21 day journey, she found the emotional eating, get this, evaporated without effort. Those are her words, evaporated without effort. We can see people go to years of therapy and never really see the changes and the results they were hoping for because it all stays in their head. Trauma is stored in the body though. Slowing down and connecting with the body through somatic work was the missing piece for Jennifer. Now let's explore in this next section what somatic work is, but instead of just doing it intellectually, that's right, Dr. Mead is going to share a short somatic exercise with us. When it comes to somatic work, this isn't about forcing our bodies to feel something it doesn't. It's just being able to notice, be curious, and actually to feel whatever it feels, even if that is nothing at the beginning. So let's be kind to ourselves as we go into this exercise, giving yourself permission to feel, to not feel, but allowing your body to determine what is safe at this time. Let's do it. Being kind to yourself, giving yourself permission to really feel, and this is another emotional healing exercise. Do a bit of it right now. 
So if you, if you close your eyes and put one hand on your forehead, one hand behind your head, and you take a couple of deep breaths in and out, and just sit with or notice the emotions that you might be sitting with in this moment. It could be irritation, it could be interest, it could be sadness, it could be exhaustion, it could be fear, whatever it might be. I like you to say, you know, it's safe to feel this way from time to time. And adding the words from time to time at the end of the sentence gives your nervous system, your physiology, permission to dip in and out of the emotion. So there's a natural titration and experiencing and letting go that happens. Because often we resist feeling, we're feeling irritable, but we're in resistance to it. We're judging it. We're labeling it. So try again. It's safe for me to be worried from time to time. And just feel different parts of your nervous system. Respond to those words from time to time. And it's safe. It's safe for me to doubt or to reject or to keep my distance once in a while. And just feel that. So we need permission. Settling that happens just with those words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So we need that permission to feel the full spectrum of emotions and come back to neutrality. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. often we're stuck in a loop, judging, resisting, feeling, labeling, and you don't get a full cure happening. Yeah. So this exercise will help you dip into your nervous system. How was that for you? When we slow down and connect with our bodies, then we might feel the inner pain, loneliness, grief. So I just want to take a pause right here and just give you time to process how that exercise was for you. If you need to pause the episode even and give yourself a few moments, that's fine. Or if you're on the go right now and didn't feel like you could drop into the exercise and the connection, notice that. And that's perfectly fine too, of course. And what we notice is that so often we keep ourselves busy in order to not feel. And we are just go, go, go all day long. And we don't take even a moment to connect with our bodies. And yet that's all it really needs is just a moment throughout the day. But we're afraid of what we will find there. We're afraid that it will become overwhelming and that it won't just be a moment because emotions will come up and we can't risk that. And so slowing down can actually feel unsafe. Isn't that crazy to think about? Slowing down can actually feel like a threat, like a danger, unsafe. And so there's a reason why we continue to live life at a fast pace. It prevents us from having to feel. Going through life fast and always on the brink of out of control is not necessarily the problem because so many times it's the solution to our problem of having the inner pain and sensations that are stored and we haven't wanted to feel. We don't know how to feel them and not fall apart. So even the process of slowing down should be done at the pace at which our mind and body feel safe to do so. Or we can actually do too much too fast and cause a trauma response in our body in the process of trying to connect and do a good thing, but too much of a good thing too fast. So we start with just baby steps of connecting with the body, like the exercise that we did today. Just baby steps of connecting with the body so that we're doing it in a safe way and really allowing the body to decide the pace at which it feels safe to do so. We have to start with safety. Now, we're going to talk about a great beginning to the healing journey. 
And with that, we get to talk about parts. And parts is something that I integrate into the somatic work. So I'm excited to have this conversation and share this piece of the healing journey with you so that we can bring parts in to the somatic work and the healing journey. Let's hear about parts work. So that's a great beginning uh, to have as well in your healing journey is being kind and compassionate with your own self. Yeah, self-forgiveness and giving room for the spectrum of feelings and emotions that your body needs to feel in order to connect with dissociated parts, rejected parts, labeled parts, right? That cause a tizzy in our minds. Yeah. A lot of people are anxious just because of the label being given to their emotions. And if there was more acceptance about it, they'd, they'd be more comfortable with in their own skin, with their own feelings. They would label themselves less negatively and feel more included in society. And that sense of inclusion in society actually gives us a lot of emotional resilience. A lot of depression and suicidal thoughts are often from that feeling of feeling excluded from the family, from society, oh, wow. from a certain group of people, yeah. So coming back to that okayness with who you are. So one of the yeah. cool things that I um, have learned in some of the more advanced somatic trainings, neuroaffective touch, and even the neurodevelopment is how important that um, neck is, especially that upper neck and cranial base is for that, mm -hmm. that sense of belonging. So mm -hmm. like, I, I, I love how, how that just all kind of came full circle and be like, yeah, this is the containment that we can provide for ourselves. And yeah. those exact points of contact um, allow us to give ourselves a different felt experience in our body right now that yeah. we can do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this holding on both sides, both hemispheres is is very powerful. You know, it very helps powerful. connect different sides of the brain. Yeah. Uh, there's a therapy called tapas as well that does that. Mm -hmm. um, animals also, you know, they hold you hold a cat from here, it'll just it'll freeze, right? It'll just like knock out. Um, so these are very special points for us, and that's why it's important to also you use the body, include the body in your healing experience. You know, do therapies like Gestalt, EMDR, somatic experiencing that get you to sit with the sensations, the visceral experience of what you're processing so that you're not spinning in your own mind, endlessly trying to fix yourself. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your inner child, actually. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting how we've kind of both landed on like, this is so often the place to start of just being able to calm down and settle down that nervous system. So I developed my 21-day journey, which is a journey that I take people on into their nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it's just some very simple somatic exercises, a different one every day for 21 days. So that at the end of it, they have all of these tools, uh, some somatic exercises based just on providing themselves a, a felt sense of safety and then a felt sense of support. And then some expansion, we grow into... Uh, some, some, some growth, some joy, some expansion, which interesting light is, is sometimes just as hard of emotions as some of the other ones. And so we, we titrate that for sure, but this, mm -hmm. this going into the body is such an important process. And, um, I find that so many people are living much more disconnected from their body than they even realize. And yeah. it's, it's helpful, sometimes necessary to just even have a guide to, how do I go into my body? <laughs> because otherwise yeah. it does not seem to be working or I, I'm not sure that I'm doing it right. Or it seems too scary. All of the above can happen. 
So having, yeah. having that process and having that, that sequence of like, okay, well, let's just start right here and then we'll take this step and then we'll take that step it can be even so deep, helpful for people. Even deep breathing, Amy, you know, just mm-hmm. three long, deep breaths, five times a day, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, really gets your physiology and your vagus nerve mm-hmm. calming down. And deep breathing also helps your diaphragm massage your liver. So you get more liver detoxification happening, mm-hmm. right? And when you calm your nervous system down, then you're releasing different kinds of cytokines in your gut, right? And that will affect your microbiome and the way your cortisol levels are affecting your thyroid hormones or the conversion for, from of inactive T4 to active T3, yep. right? So just simple deep breathing can really take you a long way, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, the repetition of the repetition of positive experiences or what we call resources in somatic and gestalt and many other therapies, the repetition of feeling safe and having positive imagery, that actually can calm your nervous system down because your nervous system can predict, okay, at 12 o'clock, I'm going to have a safe experience. You know, like it, you create a pattern of, I experience positive things at frequent intervals in my daytime, your nervous system will begin to relax because it'll associate the future with these exercises you're doing on a daily basis. Well, right? that, and then I love that that you say that because the nervous system loves predictability. Like it loves a schedule. It loves routine. The nervous system really feels safe with that. So this is where we find even people kind of going back to things that are not as not helping them right? But it's familiar to them. And that is what feels safe to their nervous system is what is familiar, what is routine, what is what is a pattern. And so when we can create that for ourselves in a positive way, <laughs> yeah. how much yeah. more, right? Like we're just tapping into neuroscience and leveraging the principles of the nervous system for helping ourselves with our health, our mood, our energy, yeah. our aliveness. Mm-hmm. And some people actually resist doing healthy things because they're unfamiliar to them and it feels right. like gosh this is not familiar so i resist it exactly and so yep. you know doing things over a period of two to three weeks creates this familiarity and then your body will start craving these healthy patterns yeah that's so, what we want right dr me we want our we want our patients craving craving mm-hmm. <laughs> vegetables <Yeah. laughs> i actually crave vegetables now you know like <laughs> I, before i was craving a snack and then i see a raw carrot and it's just like, like oh, that's it. Yes. It's so tempting to pick up like peanuts or something else, you know, a cracker. Yep, and then yep. you just feel sluggish and tired after, right? Yep, but yep. I'm getting like I am craving healthy vegetables nowadays. So yep. <laughs> I hope people will get there as well. Craving vegetables. It's not something you hear of very often, right? But it is possible. When it comes to connecting with our bodies and providing a felt sense of safety, sometimes the very thing that we need is the very thing that is hard to do. Especially for those who are professionals, it can be so hard to slow down and connect with our bodies. That's why when those people come into my 21-day journey, I say, this is simple. These are simple exercises, but not necessarily easy. Let's look at one other reason that it can be so hard to listen to our bodies and give it what it needs. And it actually has to do with something called a shift of identity. Sometimes we live in such a constant state of fight or flight, or even the collapse state, that it becomes part of who we are, part of our identity, and we don't even know any different. And of course, 
anything different or a change is scary. And so we need to look at this identity shift and how this is a piece that we get to look at as we get to connect with our body and imagine a different life possible. That we're such in such a fight or flight state that when we release that frenzy, yes, our body shuts down like we go into resting, and that's where we collapse. But it's a healthy collapse, so that low grade energy can actually be a healthier state for us to rewire and reassess our environment from that open, vulnerable place as well, right? Because yeah. we were without realizing we we were using so much energy just to survive and stay alive, right, and alert. And suddenly when you let go of that, it's like, gosh, I don't have to fight anymore. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, it's a, it's a shift of identity. Like, I don't know how to identify with myself being relaxed, and not fighting for my life and trying to survive. It's actually scary for very, a lot of people mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah, so, so- I, think, I think both of us have probably seen that a lot in uh, our colleagues and other professions where that's just how we've always lived life and always needed that adrenaline to get us going, to meet a deadline. Yeah. And, and so then when, you know, as soon as the test is over, as soon as the deadline has passed and we've, we've pulled it together, we've made it happen, there is, there's just that collapse because mm-hmm. we're so used to needing adrenaline to get through life and do what we do. It's, it's just, we've considered it our personality, right? And yet it's mm-hmm. not really our personality, it's just our nervous system. And how it, it is kind of stuck sometimes between this collapse. Sometimes it's even the freeze collapse and overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. needing this big adrenaline to get us out of that collapse into movement, to meet a deadline, to study for a test, to uh, make a meeting or whatever it is that we're doing. And yeah. that's the pattern of our nervous system. It's the pattern of our biology. So that becomes the pattern of our life is just this collapse and go there's no <laughs> there's no yeah, there's, there's no regulation none of the healthy parasympathetic sometimes we just live life with a pattern of collapse and go collapse and go and it becomes our identity yet what are we losing when we aren't able to access and live from that parasympathetic state continually We miss out on joy. We miss out on presence. We aren't present for our life. We miss out on really experiencing the richness and beauty of life. We miss out on deep, intimate connection with others. We miss out on a life of calm aliveness. If you want to learn more about the parasympathetic, I have a great episode on the parasympathetic state, and that would be episode number 23. And let me come back to Jennifer, who I mentioned earlier in this episode. This is what she shared with me after she went through the 21 day journey. I felt joy. I think it was for the first time. I felt joy. I mean, I think maybe in decades, I felt genuine joy welling up inside of me and coming out. It was really an experience. It was kind of sad that I hadn't felt that for so long. So I had to sit and sort of hold myself and show compassion and nurture myself. But when I had that realization, that feeling of joy, Mm, It was remarkable. That is why this work is worth it. Even though it is hard, even though it is uncomfortable, this work is worth it. If you want to experience that level of joy and connection and aliveness, I hope listening to this episode has given you a deeper understanding of a few reasons why it has been so hard to connect with our bodies 
and to slow down, as well as the first step to get started this week. Thank you for so much for joining me on this episode, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, wish everyone love on their healing journey, self-love especially. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey, and you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love. Thank you.